Gonzalez. What up? And welcome to episode 18, it is, I believe, of the 2018 edition of the MFHT cast. I'm the commish coming at you always from the recording studio here in my bedroom. Sometimes I'm in the closet, sometimes I'm in the bathroom. Right now, I'm standing at my dresser watching Eli play a little Madden 18. He's crushing it up 28 nothing. Panthers over the Colts. Pleases me to see him playing well. It gives me a little bit of heartburn to see him playing with Cam Newton at QB. RIP Cam Newton on the 2018 season. Pour some out for the guy who is no longer with us this year. Um, we're going to start off with uh, a couple things. Uh, just a couple quick uh, notes here. I was hoping to do the holiday grievances episode. Not quite there yet, guys. Uh, it's been a busy week, what with Christmas coming and just work-wise and some family in town. So holiday grievances are on hold until next week. I have the week off. Uh, I will have time to get to it. So tonight, going to start out with a quick review. Maybe not so quick. We'll see where it goes. Hopefully quicker than last week. Of the side league. The side league continues. Yet another eight-man over on DraftKings. Uh, a lot of fun. Going to start there. I'll record in two segments. So if you didn't play in the side league and want to listen to the pod, um, you can skip ahead to the next segment. But uh, for those of you not playing in the side league, highly recommend it. It's a ton of fun. Still time to get in. We're going to keep it rolling week 16 and 17 and then into the playoffs for those of us who are still interested. So on week 15, we had eight dudes in the side league. We invited Travis Barsodi in. He got in for the first time. That was a lot of fun. I thought like week 14, pricing set up in, in essentially a, a pretty similar way in the sense that you can go anywhere you want at quarterback. And um, there were some really strong plays at running back at different price points uh, at the salary scale, certainly at the top end. Uh, we mixed in the Sunday night and Monday night game this time instead of just playing main slate because the main slate on DraftKings this week with just the morning and afternoon games was really gross. So opening up the Sunday night and Monday night game got us access to Gurley and McCaffrey as well as a few other plays. And um, that meant that we had some really strong options at the top of the running back scale. I, I ranked them as Gurley number one, uh, up at the top, Zeke number two. I know a lot of guys played Zeke. I thought that was a strong play, even though it didn't quite pan out. Um, then Saquon and CMC below the two of them. So, you know, all of us, I think, played at least one of those guys. Some of us played two of those guys. I think that was the right move to play at least one of them. Um, and then at quarterback, you know, as, as I said, you could go kind of any direction you wanted. So that opened up a lot of different types of roster constructions and, and ways to piece it together. So let's jump in here with our standings on the week coming in in eighth place was Tim at 84.6 points. Pretty rough week. He went with Foles at QB. Nick Foles had a good game. This is one of those situations where you get a good game in real life uh, that doesn't translate to fantasy production. He had 270 yards, just didn't get one into the box. Nick what or uh, excuse me. Tim was one of the guys that played, Two of those high-priced running backs, he jammed in Zeke, he jammed in Saquon. Neither guy really got there. Zeke was 50% owned in our league. Four of the eight players played him. 18.8 points in a shutout up in Indy. Um, as I mentioned last week, Indy has kind of a sneaky, stingy defense. They've been really solid, if unspectacular, on defense. I certainly did not expect the Cowboys to get shut out. And, you know, if you played Zeke, I think that was a really strong play. He was still up over... Uh, 100 yards from scrimmage. He had seven receptions. 
just didn't punch one into the end zone. You know, if he gets one into the end zone, if he gets two into the end zone, you know, you're looking at a 25 to 31 point game there. So, you know, didn't happen for Zeke this week, but I think that was still a really strong play. Tim, you know, similar to uh, his season long league in MFHT, Corey Davis, Tyler Lockett, and JJ Nelson at wide receiver just got nothing out of those wide receivers. He did text me a note that uh, he thought JJ Nelson was Jordy Nelson and hashtag don't drink and DK. So bummer for Tim there. Uh, next up, fall from grace. First to seventh place, one week to the next. Our boy Bettis, nuts on your chin. He went with the Raiders stack, Derek Carr, Jared Cook, and Doug Martin. And at first glance, uh, you know, I thought this was one of those, you know, you're making your decision with your heart, not your head kind of deals, rooting for your favorite team. Yes, for those of you that don't know, Bettis is a Raiders fan. Uh, they do still exist. Um, I think that, you know, at first glance, you look at this and you, and you say, come on, man, what are you doing? But they were going to play a Cincinnati team that has a borderline historical bad defense. And if you expected that Cincinnati was going to put up some points, totally reasonable to think that the Raiders would actually put up some points here in this spot as well. Um, I think the play here, if you were going to go that route was to play somebody else on Cincinnati, maybe Mixon or maybe Tyler Boyd, hoping that that game shoots out. Uh, Tice Bartley and I were able to get to Claudia's over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. And we were just like laughing our asses off watching the Cincinnati quarterback, just sailing passes over receivers heads of the entire game. I mean, the guy was long and down the middle of the entire game. So no chance there for Cincinnati to do anything. And I think that really, you know, hurt Bettis on the other side, final score 30 to 16. Um, and yeah, just didn't quite work out for Bettis. In sixth place, Travis Barsotti making his first foray into DFS. Barsotti, welcome to the side leagues. Good to have you, buddy. Um, he went with an unconventional Falcon stack. He went with Ridley, Sanu, and Hooper. Did not pair them with Matt Ryan. And this is what we talked about last week with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz, I believe it was, where if you think all three of you know, those pass catchers on the Falcons are going to put up big numbers, then you really do want to pair them with the quarterback because there's no way that those guys get to their fantasy production ceiling without the quarterback getting there as well. So it's just one of those things where, you know, you need one less thing to go right. He played Russ at quarterback. You know, Russ has had a really nice season, really efficient. They just haven't thrown the ball all that much. Uh, he did run it back with Larry Fitzgerald, which I thought was a really strong play in that 4K range. Uh, so welcome to the league, Travis. Next up in fifth place, Nuts, 130.2 points. Played Big Ben, played Todd Gurley, played Jordan Howard, which, you know, Jordan Howard's kind of a tough guy to play on DK because they're not giving him a ton of volume and he doesn't uh, he, he doesn't catch the ball a lot. And, and you really want those receptions in that PPR format at, at running back. I will say I played Jordan Howard in some tournament lineups that actually worked out pretty well for me. Uh, big thing for nuts here is that, you know, playing Roethlisberger, playing Vance McDonald um, on that Steelers and, and as well as Steelers D, you know, none of those guys really got there. That Steelers-Pats game in the second half was a real letdown. The first half was looking great. The second half just didn't quite get there. He also played Fitz, played Tyler Boyd. He got hurt. Um, good, not great games. In fourth place, Tyser, who put his lineup together like five minutes before kickoff at Claudia's. I was there. I watched it happen. He played Aaron Rodgers and, and Randall Cobb, which kind of burns my ass as a Bears fan. Jammed in Zeke and McCaffrey. Uh you know, talked about uh, Zeke a minute ago. McCaffrey got 26 points. 
becoming the first player to run, receive, and pass for 50 yards in the same game in like, I don't know, 40 or 50 years in the NFL. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I mentioned last week that I was, you know, maybe getting a little bit concerned about Christian McCaffrey in terms of his production being buoyed by his touchdown scoring. And, you know, this week it wasn't that, but it was something similar where you get this, you know, 50 yard touchdown pass to a tight end, which adds, I want to say six total points to his fantasy score. So, you know, that's certainly not something you can count on. And now with cam out, you know, we'll have to see what we get from CMC going forward. Played T.Y. Um, home against Dallas. I mean, we, we certainly want to play T.Y. in the fast track in Indy. You know, Dallas just didn't do their part, uh, you know, to force uh, the Colts to keep their pedal or, or their foot on the gas pedal there. He did have five receptions for 85 yards. Not going to say the price went up, but it certainly didn't go down either. Um, and made a really sharp play. Chris Carson running back for the Seahawks. Uh, man, he had... 119 rushing yards, six receptions, one rushing touchdown to the tune of 29.8 DraftKings points. That was a really great play by Tice in the flex spot. In third place, we have Bartley, 155.72 points. Also played Derek Carr along with Bettis. Played Joe Mixon. Uh, Bartley and I were the only two to play Joe Mixon and Jalen Samuels at running back. Um, And he also played Todd Gurley in the flex. And I thought those... When we talk about the different price points um, at running back, I thought those guys were each the strongest play at their respective price point. When we talk about expensive, mid-tier, and uh, you know cheaper backs, Jalen Samuels was priced up this week from where he was the week before. But as I said, I think last week, you know that the receiving production that he gets or is getting in, in his role now as the RB one in Pittsburgh is just huge on DraftKings. You know, he only got two receptions this game, but they use him as a runner um, at 5,200. Even if he only gets you 15 points, you're still pretty stoked about that. Joe Mixon at 6,100 um, at home against Oakland, given the way that they've been using him and continuing to feed him the ball, I thought was just like a clear no brainer play. Um, and then, as I said, Todd Gurley, I thought was the strongest, of the uh, expensive running backs. So like what Barley did at the running back spot, obviously I did the exact same thing at those three spots. Really like the Larry Fitz play, like the Robert Foster play. I played that guy as well. Uh, I'd never heard of him until two weeks ago. Apparently he's a pretty big upside guy. Um, we got we, we got a little bit lucky there. Four receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. He did, I think, most of his not most, but I think he got his big play after Isaiah McKenzie got hurt in that game, um, which opened up some opportunity for him. Big thing for Bartley was a bit of a bad beat on Monday night with Michael Thomas only putting up 11.9 points. And we'll certainly talk more about that when we get to the main league. Um, he had three receptions called back on penalties and then one pass down the field that uh, ended up being a defensive pass interference penalty. So that easily could have been a 20 to 25 point game for Michael Thomas. Um, too bad for Bartley because I beat him by less than two points at 157.5. So that I kept Bartley out of, or I didn't keep Bartley out of the money. Bartley stayed out of the money because of the situation with Michael Thomas to my benefit. Um, I played Big Ben uh, and Vance McDonald and Jalen Samuels on the Steelers. Julian Edelman coming back on the other side, man. I got to tell you guys at halftime, I was stoked at that game. Uh, at halftime, Big Ben had 150 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He ended the game 
235 yards, two touchdowns, and two INTs. So he basically threw for 85 yards in a pick in the second half of that game. Virtually no fantasy production. Um, Edelman didn't do much in the second half. Vance McDonald didn't do anything in the second half. He just missed a long touchdown pass that would have just been awesome for me. Um, so, you know, a little rough there. I will say that uh, I did make a couple mistakes here, the first of which was playing Rams D at home. Uh, they only got me one point. I, I'm not sure that this was a mistake or just they didn't show up. I thought that once we knew that Carson Wentz was out and Nick Foles was going to be the QB, playing Rams D at home against an offense, running out their backup quarterback, having to travel across the country after having just played an overtime game was a pretty good spot. You know, we had just seen the Rams um, collect, I want to say three interceptions uh, against Trubisky the week before, you know, we know they have Aaron Donald, one of the most dominant pass rushers in the NFL. Like this seemed like a really good spot for, for, for them to show up. I was stunned that they only got one point. So, you know, again, I don't know if that's a mistake or just a bad result there. One place where I definitely did make a mistake was playing Sterling Shepard at wide receiver. I thought there were a lot of good plays in the four to five K range at wide receiver. Um, my original play here was Dante Pettis for the 49ers, but then he showed up on the injury report. And anytime guys are showing up on the injury report Thursday or Friday, you know, after not being on it earlier in the week, it's a little bit of a red flag. And I was just worried about running out a wide receiver with a foot injury, not knowing how healthy he was. So I just did a price point pivot and, and looked at a guy that was roughly the same price. But um, last week I mentioned that I didn't want to play Sterling Shepard because I didn't want to hitch my wagon to this Eli Manning offense, bad offensive line. They have nothing to play for, et cetera. And nothing really changed one week to the next other than my decision-making process. So he only got me 5.7 points, and I probably deserved to take it on the chin on that one because I think that was really not a good decision. Probably would have been smarter to you know, figure out a way to get up to Larry Fitz at 47. Um, even D.D. Westbrook at 45, I think, was was maybe a better play there. And I was already playing Robert Foster at 43. So, you know, uh, like that range uh, at, at wide receiver, I just picked the wrong dude. Um, and in first place, once again, Jeff Service. I think we've run the side league four times this year, and I think Service has won it now twice. He went Matt Ryan at quarterback. And that ended, quarterback is typically not a difference maker, but this week it really was. He got 25 points out of Matt Ryan. Um, the rest of us, you know, we're in kind of that 15 point range, um, kind of, you know, fluky results there for us, but a good result, certainly for service. Definitely want to be playing Matt Ryan at home. Really liked that he paired him with Calvin Ridley too. Um, you know, Julio is typically the guy you're going to pair Matt Ryan with. I think Ridley made a lot of sense this week with, uh, the Cardinals likely to play Patrick Peterson on Calvin Ridley. You know, Julio had an awesome game. I mean, he's just been so awesome down the stretch this season. But the the beauty of playing Matt Ryan with Calvin Ridley is, is that if Calvin Ridley doesn't get there, um, doesn't put up a big score, he's only 5K, so he probably doesn't kill your roster. And that's exactly what happened here. He only got five receptions for 42 yards, 9.2 points. That doesn't kill your roster at 5K. Whereas if you play Julio and Patrick Peterson does happen to lock him down, which is in the realm of possibility, then that is going to kill your roster because you could absolutely not afford to have your $8,500 you know, wide receiver not show out. Um, service also played Chris Carson, also played Ezekiel Elliott. Great plays at running back. You know, As I said, Zeke just didn't work out. The play that I really loved that Service made was Dalvin Cook. Um, he was the only one of us in the league that played Dalvin Cook. I thought it was basically a coin flip between Dalvin Cook 
and Joe Mixon. And and in uh, some tournaments that I played in, I actually put both of them together, and that worked out really well. Uh, Dalvin Cook is, is a really good running back, really talented, has been playing behind a not very good offensive line. Um, and, you know, they're in a spot this last week where they just fired their offensive coordinator because their head coach, coach said they wanted to run the ball more. They've got the Dolphins coming to town who are terrible against the run coming off of this super emotional win against the Patriots. Like that's just a perfect spot to just hammer the ball with your talented back on the ground. And that's exactly what the Vikings did. You know, they won that game going away 41, 17 Dalvin cook had 136 yards, 27 yards receiving two rushing touchdowns, just a monster game for 32 DK points. And that was a really smart play by service. I will note that he played Dalvin Cook against the Dolphins defense, which I'm not sure that I love that, but it all worked out, so it's all good. So service has two wins on the year in four outings for the side league. So, fellas, it's on us uh, this time coming up next week to take him down. Uh, All right, that's all I have on side league. I'll be back soon with analysis on our main league. All right, fellas, welcome back. Segment two of episode 18 of the 2018 edition of the MFHT cast. Once again, the commission with you previewing our annual championship game uh, between Bettis and Tice, two guys who I thought earlier in the season um, were getting it done on smoke and mirrors, but they clearly proved me wrong in the consolation game. Third place game. We have, the Vatos and we have Eric. Uh, those guys are still battling. There's still money on the line in that game. Uh, they are. Sorry, I'm just seeing something a little bit weird here. Um, those these guys are battling it out for third place in the league. Winner will get 25 bucks. Loser goes home empty-handed. So good seasons, fellas. Uh, just didn't quite come together for you. Uh, we're going to spend most of our time here on the battle between Bettis and Tice because that's really all that's left to play for. Uh, want to say winner goes home with um, 150 bucks or so, second place 75 bucks. So congrats, guys, on making money on the season. Uh, I think that's about right. So right now, Yahoo is showing Bettis as a 52% favorite. Tice is a 48% underdog, projecting Bettis at 143.16 points. Tice at 139.97. Rosters at the moment, Bettis, Trubisky at QB, Tice, Ben at QB, Bettis, Julio Jones, Adam Humphreys, and my boy Robert Foster at wide receiver, Tice, at uh, Mike Evans, our boy Amari Alshon at wide receiver, at running back, Bettis, Todd Gurley, James White, Chris Carson, Tice, Zeke, the bus Gus, and Elijah McGuire at tight end. Bettis has Gronk. Tice has Evan Ingram. And at defense, Bettis has Miami. Tice has Dallas. So I'm going to go through these position by position and tell you what I think. Uh, On Bettis' side at QB, I like Trubisky. On the road, you know, his rushing upside is is going to keep his floor there. They should be able to throw the ball effectively on this 49ers team. I think that's a perfectly fine play. On Tice's side, you know, Ben... Ben is a guy who seemed to never get right. Uh, I thought he was going to have a big game last week at home against Pitt, or against uh, New England. He did not. Now, this week, going on the road against a tough Saints defense, um, 
seems like a rough spot for me for Ben, but you know, he could just stand back there with guys draped all over him, chuck the ball 50 yards downfield while he's chugging the iron city logger and, you know, not really care too much about it. So who knows what to expect there? Um, all things considered, this is not a spot where I would want to be all in on Ben. Uh, but you know, he could certainly prove me wrong there. Um, and certainly, you know, Tice's roster has been proving me wrong basically all season. Speaking of that, Mike Evans um, is had a super weird season where he's not scoring uh, or I'm sorry, he's not putting up like massive uh, receiving numbers in terms of receptions per game is getting there on yardage is getting there on touchdowns. I mean, that's sort of what we expect from, you know, this kind of chubby catch it and fall down kind of wide receiver. On Bettis' side, Julio, you know, uh, as his wide receiver one, obviously has had just an amazing season. Um, He's a little banged up, as usual, for Julio this time of year. They have nothing to play for. They're going into Carolina, where, you know, that's a matchup that Julio has traditionally smashed. But Matt Ryan on the road, you know, you'd rather play him at home. And the other thing here is Carolina has shut down Cam for the season. They've mailed it in. You wonder if the Falcons have mailed it in. You know, you kind of wonder how much they're going to actually use Julio in this spot at this point in the season. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, next up for Bettis, Adam Humphreys at Dallas. Um, you know, this is not a, a – I don't want to attack the Dallas defense with wide receivers if I can avoid it. Although, if I am going to attack Dallas with wide receivers, the kind of guys that I want are the guys that run – underneath uh zone coverage and adam humphreys could certainly do that you would expect dallas to have a lead in the game you'd expect tampa bay to be uh, chasing points late in the game and if that's the case we can we can expect that uh, Jameis will look to adam humphreys one of his security blanket kind of guys so you know he has a chance to put up a decent score there on the other side you know our boy amari uh i think this is a spot where he could absolutely blow up against horrible Tampa Bay pass defense. I mean, this could be one of those spots where we just see Amari go completely nuts. So that's good for Tice. Also good for Tice, Alshon Jeffrey versus Houston. They've had trouble with downfield wide receivers. Alshon seems to have better chemistry with Foles than he does with Wentz, as we saw last week on Sunday night. So, you know, sets up pretty nicely for Tice in the wide receiver space. On the other side, Bettis, uh, Robert Foster, you know, had a nice game this last week. Certainly talented, certainly athletic, young, raw, playing with a young, raw, athletic quarterback going into New England. Uh, that's not not necessarily a spot that I want to attack with that kind of, you know, young talent, I guess. It's, uh, it, you know, New England's been pretty tough on perimeter wide receivers this year. At the running back spot, Bettis with Todd Gurley. I mean, what can you say about Todd Gurley? The guy's just smashed week in and week out does have a bit of a knee injury. They should be in position to lock this game down against the Cardinals early. It's entirely possible that he doesn't get a full workload this week. And I think that's really the only thing that's going to slow him down. If he gets a full workload, he should get 30 points. Um, But it's possible that he's more in the 20 point range if he doesn't quite get there. On the other side, Zeke, Similar to Amari, just total smash here. Um, he should go absolutely nuts against Tampa Bay. I love Zeke this week. Not necessarily in love with the Gus bus on Tyser's side going to the Chargers. That's going to be a tough spot for a, a running back that doesn't catch passes. On the flip side, on Bettis' side, uh, you know, James White running back that does catch passes against Buffalo. You know, I don't know uh, what's going on in the Patriots' backfield since Rex Burkhead has come back. It seems like it's pretty much a 
35, 35, 30 split kind of deal. So I don't, I think James White's best days are kind of behind us this season. Speaking of best days being behind you, Rob Gronkowski, guy looks like he can't run anymore. Looks like he has nothing left in the tank um, other than just the occasional Gronk smash. I think this is his last season. I think he's winding it down. Just doesn't have it physically anymore. He has traditionally smashed against Buffalo. I guess that's his hometown. And uh, he's always played well at Buffalo. I don't know what that means for playing at home against them. Tice, Evan Ingram, if Odell Beckham doesn't play, Evan Ingram should be in line for continued uh, uptick in volume. So that could be a really good spot for him. Also like Elijah McGuire for Tice at the flex home against Green Bay. Love Chris Carson in the flex Sunday night home against KC. They've been hemorrhaging points to running backs all year. I don't love Miami's defense on Bettis' side. I do love Dallas's defense on Tice's side. I don't know who to pick in this game. I mean, I've gotten everything wrong this year. Can we just call it a tie? Skewed hand, skewed season. Uh, the Panther goes to no one, and uh, we'll just reset and start over next year. All right, that's all I got, fellas. Hoping to come back with holiday grievances and recap of our championship matchup next week. Hope everybody has a great Christmas, and I'll be back with you guys soon. All right, cheers, guys. Oh, 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 oh,